You are listening to WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM. Up next, Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only queer radio hour. Hold on tight. And thank you so much for joining us on WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM on your dial. Uh, welcome to Alternative Perspectives. I've been away for a while. Uh, this is Atlanta's uh, only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community. And I am your host, Greg Boston. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for Sharon, to Sharon for uh, taking the reins of the show for the last uh, couple of weeks. I've been uh, in Europe, by the way. I went to Amsterdam. I went to Greece. And I went to... Um, Ireland. Uh, It was all very exciting. But anyway, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about the queer community. Thank you so much for listening. The opinions expressed here are opinions expressed here are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board, volunteers, funders, or listeners. So um, before we get into the news, I just wanted to give you a heads up on the topic tonight. this happened a while ago. This happened on June the 24th, so it's been more, more than a month ago where the Supreme Court overturned the Roe versus Wade um, ruling that uh, happened back in 1973 and thereby eliminated the constitutional right to an abortion after almost 50 years in a 63 ruling. And uh, while there's a lot to say about that, uh, that is... Uh, uh, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that on the show. One of the things that I really wanted to focus on was the idea that um, this ruling and what it says about constitutional rights, uh, it's the, the, the court is now primed based on this particular ruling to start taking a look at some other uh, rulings that have come down the pike of one of them being uh, the right for uh, marriage equality. And as a matter of fact, Justice Thomas, uh, in his, uh, uh, not his dissent, but in his writing on the, for the court specifically said that he wants to look at that ruling amongst others. Uh, So I really wanted to get into the details of what are the chances uh, that uh, what are the implications, I guess, for this uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, and what are the chances that this may actually end up uh, with us losing our right to marry? So I think it's important. And we've got Jeff Graham coming on uh, from Georgia Equality. And so that's what we're going to be talking. Uh, that's who we're going to be talking to. Uh, but before we get into that, we have, as usual, news of the queer. Uh-uh. I know that's right. Oh, no, she didn't say what. Uh, and with wonderful Alexa, who took a break as I took a break. How are you doing, Alexa? How are you? I am doing good, Greg. Oh, excited to be back. Yeah. Well, you can tell the listeners you had a trip that was uh, supposed to be a vacation, but you were with family. So Let me tell you, we are not calling my trip last week a vacation. We're calling it a trip with my family. Um, <laughs> they did their best. I did my best. It was a nice time, and now I'm home, and I'm happy. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Well, let's, let's get into this. So um, uh, Alexa, by the way, is with uh, Georgia Equality as well. 
and uh, she's been doing the news segments with us, and uh, I love having you here. So she's everything that I'm not, okay? I'm a a man. She's a woman. I'm white. She's black, you know? I'm progressive. She's more progressive. There you Um, go. (laughs) And she will correct me as I make statements that are inappropriate. Like, I don't believe you're supposed to call anybody a hermaphrodite anymore. I don't think that's political. No, not, nope. I would shy away from that one. Absolutely, Greg. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, we'll change it with the times. Change yeah, with the time. yeah, we're working on it. Well, I can't spell it, so I might as well not say it. But anyway, Hello. <laughs> uh, what, what, what is the word for hermaphrodite now? What is the politically correct term for hermaphrodite? Um, I do believe it would translate to... Um, let me see. Of course you asked me, so no. I know, I know, I know. But we've got the intersex. Google. Intersex. Okay. All right. Intersex. Yeah. All right. Cool. Pretty all sure. Right. Don't quote me, guys. Email us if we're wrong. Yeah. Nope. She is the arbiter of all things um intersex. So therefore, but anyway, all right. So uh all right, Alexis. So what's our number one news story? Yes. Well, you know, we cannot start today without talking about monkeypox and um, its rapid spread, not just in the country, but really around the world. Um, And so I have a story out of WSB TV Atlanta Channel 2 News um, out of DeKalb County. Um, On Friday, to help slow the spread, the DeKalb County Board of Health held a mass vaccination clinic in the area in DeKalb County. Many people were said to be getting the vaccine. Um, It was about keeping themselves safe and wanting to help keep others safe as well. Um, Several vaccine clinics were held throughout the area by the DeKalb County Board of Health. Um, The 300 vaccines that were allocated for DeKalb County were already spoken for, though. Um, A reporter says from a reporter from the CDC said that we also had a waiting list of about Three eight hundred people, and so they really had to cap it. Um, and so I want to pause there. The big thing right now is that there are very few vaccines that have been allocated to the Atlanta metro area, and the problem is that it's spreading significantly faster than people have access to vaccines. And there's also kind of question around who is getting access to these vaccines, right? Is it getting to the communities that really, really need it? Um, I've got a couple statistics for you. I pulled up on the CDC national website what kind of the breakdown is of cases per state. And so right now, New York City has got the most cases. They're at 1,345. Okay, next in line is California at 799. Um, then Georgia just kind of makes its way at number five in the country for 351 cases. As of July 29th, the country's total cases that have been reported is 5,189. Greg, and how, you how serious is this illness, by the way? Are people dying from this? Do you know? So as of right now, it is not considered deadly. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically something that you get. It's been liked, likened to chicken pox, just a little worse. Um, you have it for about two to four weeks. Sometimes it could take up to three weeks for the symptoms to manifest in your body and to see them. Um, on the CDC website, I have a few of the symptoms. Um, it could be anything from fever to headache, muscle ache, backaches, swollen lymph nodes, chills, exhaustion, 
um, respiratory symptoms of like the sore throat, nasal congestion, cough. And then the biggest thing that people are reporting that I think is the most uncomfortable part is the rash that you get on your body or near your genitals, dot, dot, dot. Um, It could be scabs. It can go through several stages, pimples, blisters. It's just really more uncomfortable than anything. Gotcha. And I do think the major, the what's bringing the most alarm is how fast it's spreading and how quickly it's spreading throughout different countries. Well, and specifically in the gay community, the gay men. And I, why is that? Exactly. They have not been able to pinpoint why it has been so widespread, mainly in the gay community, men who have sex with men. That's who's reporting this. We don't know why, technically, but they have said that the easiest way for it to spread is skin contact or through sexual intercourse. Um, But I will say, I just read another story where there was a couple reports of women getting it now. Um, So it's mostly men, men having sex with men. But I mean, at this point, anybody can get it. Anybody can get it. Yeah, well, I just... I think time, we need more time to see how it manifests, to see why it's mostly in the gay community. Well, I mean, you know, the standard, the thought would be that, you know, we're touching each other a lot more than other communities. That is a theory that I've heard. I, you know. Well, if you go to like a rave or something, if you go to some party in the middle of the night on a Saturday here in Atlanta, you're going to see a hundred gay men sweating, rubbing up against each other. So I wanted you to say it, Greg, you know, not the gay man in the room. Yeah. So no, I wanted I you know. to say it. There you go. I know. But oh my gosh, I just can't even imagine how the uh, religious community is probably already. I didn't see if anybody said anything like, oh, the gays, it's another gay plague. It ha- No, it has been on social media a bit. That has been thrown out there. And that was my biggest concern was that, oh, my God, this is manifesting in the gay community. It's it's going to be a whole campaign, right, mm. about how this is a gay disease and so on and so forth. I, I, I'm really concerned about that. And it's being said. I've seen it on social media. So. Yeah. Well, and the problem with that is that, uh, you know, there are straight people that you know, they don't think that it applies to them. Like you're not, you know, they don't have to be concerned about it. Oh, I'm straight. I'm not going to get monkeypox. It's like, that is something that is something that was discussed that I think it was on like TikTok. Somebody Mm -hmm. it was, but it's, I mean, we're all eventually touching everybody. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, and we're not immune to it. Every, everybody can, can catch it. So are we, it's not like, are we all eventually touching everybody? Look, Alexa, I I don't know what you do in your life. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you seen the l word you've seen the l word right so at some point no no, no. what's the what's l, l word wow i'm such a like gay lady okay the l word long story short is a lesbian based show on hbo it ran for a very long time like a decade plus ago they did a reviving of it but on this show they're <laughs> It's hard to explain. They basically have a wall, right? There's this wall on the show and a radio host, I believe she was, started to connect everybody on the wall, like per who you slept with, right? Uh, And so you look at this wall and all of a sudden you've got these threads that are interconnected and you see how if you have slept with one person on that wall, you're connected to like 25 people. So when I say we're all touching each other, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. You sleep with two people in Atlanta, you might have slept with several. So. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes more sense. All I right. can't, 
oh my god i really only women watch the l word that's so interesting oh i'm sure that there's some gay men that watch it i'm just don't happen to be one of them all right so uh all right well so i guess the takeaway here is if you want to get a vaccine you have to wait because they're already out there's a waiting list absolutely um uh, the cdc here in georgia is Every so often, as soon as they get vaccines, they're technically putting out a list and you have to like sign up, Um, but it's filling up so quickly. So you just literally have to be watching regularly to see when they're going to allocate more doses in your area. And where do you go to do that then? Um, It's random sites. It's really it's random sites. I haven't been able to make a lot of sense of how you're able to like hear about it and get on the list in time. So um, this week, or maybe I'll do a little bit more research and come next week to let people know. Okay. Yeah, I'll do a little um, research on that. Bucks. Let me see. Uh, I was just Googling it to see. Yeah. yeah. There's a place where you can get, I mean, if you Google it, there's places. Um, it looks like the Georgia Department of Health uh, has uh, sites uh, that's who i meant to say Georgia department of health excuse yeah, me yeah, yeah. they're yeah, the one who are regulating it yeah so if you go to the georgia department of health website or just type in google um uh google it but it doesn't look like here's a list of provide information that's information for providers i'm not even see where you would go to do it but anyway i did see a friend i i did have a friend that got one of the um vaccines i'm gonna say. it's uh, obviously this is not a new vaccine i guess it's been around for a while um yeah, the monkeypox was discovered, I guess, or showed its face sometime in the late 50s, 1950s. But the first case that res- that was found in a human was sometime in the 1970s. Um, but it's just been contained in certain areas and certain, certain countries for a while. This, I think, is the first time, from my understanding, that it's spreading so rapidly throughout multiple countries. Yeah. You know. And I did, so. I did, uh, ha- I did see a few people from the MAGA crowd that are claiming that this is manufactured by Biden. Again, even though it's actually in the whole world, but let's not worry about facts. Well, but anyway. God, God forbid that we actually just learn. Never mind. Anyway, it's <laughs> right. extremely frustrating. But anyway, all right. What else do we have? Moving on from monkeypox. Yes. Yeah, so um, we've got a story. Um, out of the citizen.com. Um, basically, it's a story out of Senegal. Rising hate leaves no place for gays in Senegal. Um, and this story profiles um, a young man in Senegal. And it talks about his experience about how the country, it was already conservative as far as um, when it came to LGBTQ rights and things like that, um, but has quickly taken a turn the last year. It's gotten worse. Really? It's gotten it's gotten worse, apparently. Um, so homosexuality has never been widely accepted in Senegal. Um, it's, it's considered a deeply conservative nation, but tensions have risen to new heights in the recent months. In May, Senegalese football star um, Id- Idrissa, my apologies, was criticized in France for missing a Paris Saint-Germain match for quote-unquote personal reasons, in which players wore rainbow jerseys to support LGBTQ rights. Um, The reports prompted an outpouring of support for said person back home on social media, but the social media posts were just covered in homophobic memes and things like that. Um, And so you get a little further through the article and the 
Activists say anti-gay rhetoric has been ramped up since May of 2021 um, after demonstrations at the Capitol calling gay sex, um, which is currently punishable for up to five years in prison. People are basically wanting it to be more serious of a crime than that. Oh, there's people in Senegal? Oh, in wow. Senegal, they are they are literally lobbying and they call it the gay lobby. They're pushing for it to be even more serious than getting up to five years in prison, according to this article. Um, last year, the majority of the 1300 Senegalese asylum applications in France cited persecution over sexual orientation, according to the official figures. So, you know. Just when you think it's bad, there are countries that are doubling down. Apparently in Senegal, they are calling the homosexual lifestyle a Western lifestyle that's being imposed on their society. And for those who don't know, Senegal is a um, Muslim Islam majority country. And so, yeah, they see this movement of LGBTQ people um, being accepted in their rights. They're thinking it's a Western idea. and the way they're going to combat that is to double down. Yeah. 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 That's, it's really sad. And I, you know, it's weird the way this somehow this becomes an issue. I, I, I would assume that it's some sort of a being used as some sort of a political wedge in order to gain control. Although is Senegal a dictatorship? I don't really know. What else do we have? So then let's talk. This one's kind of interesting. Um, Britain's only children's gender identity clinic to shut down, right? So when I first saw this story, I got a little sad. I was like, oh, no, this is their only option. It's shutting down. Um, But this story is out of London. So Britain's only dedicated gender identity clinic for transgender children and young people is to close. England's National Health Service announced on Thursday in response to recommendations from an expert review. Um, It comes after the review criticized long waiting lists and raised concerns over a lack of consensus about how the health service should assess, diagnose, and treat young people seeking gender-affirming surgeries. Um, Yes. So the clinic has also been at the center of high-profile legal battles over um, what age children should be allowed to access puberty-blocking drugs. Um, And apparently there was a court case that they went back and forth about this. Um, But I will say the the review that they did raised concerns about this clinic's ability to respond to the increasing demand for gender identity services and called for a move away from a single provider model in favor of regional services. So I got a little hopeful at the end of this article because basically what happened is, is this was the only provider in this area. After doing some review, um, whoever is responsible for this portion of care decided we need to offer multiple providers, right? We need to go from a single model um, for regional services and give people more choices. And I'm thinking there, I do believe this is their, their way of creating better regulation, right? So it could go either way. Yeah. It could go either way. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Alexa, for the news. But I think you're going to stay on while we do this. Um, I hope you're going to stay on. If you're still having me. Oh, yeah. No, because, hey, man, we got to we got to pepper Jeff uh, with questions. Uh, So we you're listening to WRFG Atlanta, uh, 89.3 FM, and we will be right back.
Hello, this is Diane Mathewitz, President of the Board of Directors of WRFG 89.3 FM. On behalf of all the volunteers, staff, and board members of your community radio station, thank you so much to all those who made our WRFG birthday boogie such a success on July 22nd. A significant element of the funds raised for the station came from generous contributions from the 47 individuals, unions, and community groups that served as the host committee. You'll be hearing a number of announcements in the coming days, thanking them by name. These friends will also be listed on our website and Facebook page. WRFG, your station for progressive information and hand-picked quality music, appreciates the support of the American Friends Service Committee, Amanada and Akinyele Emoja, the Atlanta North Georgia Labor Council, Beacon Hill Black Alliance for Human Rights, Beyond Coal Campaign, Sierra Club, Bill Fleming, Black Alliance for Just Immigration, Baji, Charlie Fleming, Charlie Oruk, Cheryl Odelay, Christopher Hollis, Davis Bozeman Law, Ellen and Brian Spears, the Georgia Federation of Teachers, Georgia Peace and Justice Coalition, Georgia State AFL-CIO, Heather Gray, Imam Jamil Action Network, IJAM, Joan Baptist, and Joe Beasley. A second announcement will name the rest of the host committee members. Again, our thanks to all those who came out to the Arts Exchange to celebrate WRFG's 49th year on air and Harlan Joy's 89.3 FM birthday, or 89 years, three months, founding member birthday. All right, and welcome back, everybody, to uh, WRFG Atlanta 89.3. You're listening to Alternative Perspectives. This is Atlanta's only uh, queer radio hour, which is crazy to me. Uh, you can also, uh, you might be listening to this uh, by streaming it through WRFG.org. It's also on our podcast, alternativetalk.org. And thank you so much for joining. I am Greg Bosson, and Alexa is going to stay on the line with us. We just finished the news, and now we are going to head into the main topic, which has to do with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which happened on, I believe, July the 20, June the 24th, actually, right at the end of the session. Uh, but what the implications are is what is what I'm interested in finding out about. And we have Jeff Graham, who's the executive director of Georgia Equality, who has agreed to come on and um, act as an attorney for us. <laughs> is that true? And, and And attorneys in your audience have just now freaked out. So so we will say I am not an attorney, although I sometimes play one on the radio. Yes. All right. Okay, good. Well, see, if you were a real attorney, then you would say that everything you say is absolute facts. That's how I can tell the difference between an attorney. (laughs) I have a couple of friends that are attorneys and they will, oh my God, whatever they say is absolutely true. They're really good at that. But they are not 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 so much um, uh, for the rest of us. All right. OK, cool. But uh, you have more ethics than that. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So I'm going to drag you through this okay. uh, because what I want to understand and what I want the public to understand first is the Roe Wade original decision, which was in uh, January of 1973. There was a 72 decision 
that held, and I, I'll read this, there's no sense in you having to look this up, but uh, that the due process clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution provides a fundamental right to privacy, which protects a woman's right to an abortion, which I don't know. I mean, my it hits me. It's a little bit of a stretch here. I'm going to read the 14th Amendment. Um, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its judicial, uh, jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. I mean, I think the main point here is um, uh, abridging the privileges or immunities of women, basically, one of which is privacy, I guess. I don't know. What are your, what's your understanding or what are your thoughts about this original decision back in 73? Sure. Well, you know, it, uh, it, it, it was an incredibly important decision. First of all, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because it was a seven to two decision. And I, you know, where I think that that becomes important is that that the Supreme Court 49 years ago overwhelmingly decided that the 14th Amendment provided uh, a right to privacy for women um, and that uh, women uh, were allowed to make decisions over their health care and their body, which include the termination of pregnancy. Uh, the other thing that I will toss out there is that the, the, there was a, there's the second Supreme Court case that was decided, I, I think it's closer to 30 years ago, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that uh, while it did narrow the Roe decision a little bit, it kept that intact. And so what I think is important for most people to understand from this is that this really is a Supreme Court that is willing to take radical action. Yeah. And that's what we need to be concerned about going forward is, and I hope that we have some opportunities. To oh, talk we will. That, we will. Uh, I want to take action to try to get in front of this Supreme Court, but kind of to, to your point, yeah, it 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 established uh, an important legal precedent around the whole concept of bodily autonomy, um, uh, and uh, and I believe that uh, the uh, Alito opinion and the current Supreme Court part of why they I uh, felt compelled to overturn that is that the uh, the the U.S. Constitution itself. Um, does not explicitly state that people have a right to privacy. Um, uh, and they are arguing that legal precedent precedents cannot be more important than the actual words that are in the Constitution. So uh, that's why they felt that they could overturn Roe versus Wade, that it was decided incorrectly when it was decided originally and that there is no explicit right to, to, to privacy. And that's why it's been kicked back to the states to decide. Yeah. And, and I was looking at, at, at Ginsburg because my first thought on this, and I mean, this is, 
I don't know how you're going to feel about me saying this, but the original Roe Wade decision, it does feel a little flimsy, uh, actually, because, um, you know, there definitely put extra stuff in there, like in terms of there wasn't anything stated in there. So there was a decision made around, yes, this includes, well, it's not really much of a stretch in my view in one in one sense to say that it certainly includes the right to do what you want to with your own body. I mean, that seems insane that that wouldn't be an innate right. But um, I don't know. It was just I was just, I was looking at uh, Ginsburg herself um, argued that it would have been better to take a more incremental approach to legalizing abortion rather than the nationwide ruling in Roe. Uh, that invalidated dozens of state anti-abortion laws. She suggested a ruling protecting abortion rights would have been more durable if it had been based on the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. In other words, if it had been focused on gender equality rather than a right to privacy with the justices highlighted. So um, even she had a little bit of concern about this all the way back in the 70s that this might come back uh, to bite us which it seems like it has. Um, But having said that, uh, so we're at the point now where we have 50 years, 49 years, I guess, 50 years almost of precedent as it relates to a decision that stated that part of the 14th Amendment, Amendment, part of the right that it um, conveys on women is the right to have an abortion. I mean, that was stated. Uh, and then now that's been taken away. Yes. So uh, and, and the idea and I guess you find these uh, uh, conservative justices that are strict constitutionalists, as they like to say. Okay. So I think I guess what I'm asking for in a, you've kind of alluded to it before is explain the rationale behind the arguments of overturning Roe Wade in June. What, what, what would a conservative justice say? Well, I, I I can't explain that. I'm not going to be an apologist for Samuel Alito. It mm-hmm. is not my job, my intention, or it's something that I'm interested in trying to rationalize his decision. Mm-hmm. I think that his decision was based out of bias um, and, and 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 bigotry, and I don't think that that there is uh, anything in there that that is actually a, a excusable or justifiable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. And I think the same is true for the other justices uh, that voted to overturn this. But uh, there is a legal argument that they're making, which you alluded to, which is that uh, the Constitution, uh, the Constitution itself and what it says is more important than a particular precedent. And in their view, it, it doesn't there's no precedent in here that indicates something as specific as abortion. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. and that is true. And, and then they uh, would then also say that, uh, you know, that's why uh, it gets kicked to the States to make decisions. Um, I, I, they would also uh, say through uh, the, the decision that, that they uh, specifically the uh, Alito decision uh, that he authored, I uh, you know that if people if Congress wants to change the law, Congress needs to change the law, and this is then where I uh, to to begin to to broaden the conversation out from strictly 
uh, around the access to abortion and more broadly the implications around privacy laws uh, and very specifically the implications to uh, folks uh, in the LGBT community outside of people in the LGBT community who need to access abortion um, uh, and reproductive uh, health services. So first of all, I, I think it's important that we recognize that there are a lot of folks within the LGBTQ community that are directly impacted um, by I, uh, uh, the abortion laws uh, and, and abortion bans coming into effect. Yeah, I, I yeah. Um, and, and, and so, uh, and, and then two, it's, it's kind of looking along down the road and that's then very much where we as LGBTQ folks from a federal perspective, um, Congress hasn't ever passed anything that guarantees us any right. It has no. all been courts that have done this. And so now all of that is on shaky ground. Yeah. Um, and that's why very specifically Justice Thomas, Clarence Thomas, I asked, you know, stated that he felt that the court should start looking at other decisions as well. And then he named three in specific, uh, the right to contraception, uh, the undoing of the of sodomy laws around the country, declaring sodomy laws unconstitutional, and then the Supreme Court decision back in 2014 that affirmed uh, the right of same-sex couples to be granted marriage licenses and that state bans and prohibitions against that were unconstitutional. So those are three things, and, and all three of them can have some pretty significant implications uh, to the LGBTQ community going forward. And of course he left out one, right? He left out the, um, what was it? Is it Lo- loving? loving? Loving versus Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which uh, was uh, the one that legalized. Yeah, that was inter- interracial marriage. Right. And his wife is white and he's, he's uh, black. So uh, that's quite interesting, but uh, ridiculous. So one thing I just want to say, which is probably obvious to a lot of people, but just to make sure that people understand um, what the overturning of Roe Wade did was it simply removed the federal government from saying, look, everybody has a right to an abortion. It didn't outlaw abortion at all. And as a matter of fact, if you're in a state that allows abortion, you can certainly get abortion, uh, get an abortion. But um, obviously, uh, there are many states that have laws that uh, are for all practical purposes, denying abortion uh, to people in the states. So um, it's important that, that people recognize that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to, to say is interesting because in this argument, the argument for Roe Wade, which is, yes, you have a right to privacy. You have a right to do what you want to with your own body, you know. And then also in the reversal, well, there's not really specifically anything in the Constitution that gives that right, and so therefore we're going to leave it up to the states. Nowhere in there does it speak to the right of an unborn child, okay? So one of the things that I'm wondering may happen, and I don't know if you've heard anything about this, is somebody bringing a case for, you know, 
outlawing abortion on the on the grounds that it's murder, you know, that it's not giving um, rights to a living being, right? So I'm wondering if that's something that we may see uh, to literally make it illegal in the entire country. I, 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 I certainly can't speculate on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think, though, I, to, you know, to bring it a, a little bit more close to home, so this is part of the, the, the problem with the Georgia restrictions on abortion that have now gone into effect. Um, uh, and it was a, a, you know, about a week ago that um, uh, the federal judge who had been hearing the legal arguments against um, uh, House Bill 481, uh, which was the bill that passed in 2019. Uh, it's, uh, everybody talks about this six-week ab- abortion ban, and, and that's true. Um, uh, it does have some provisions in there for rape and incest, the, 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 uh, the health and life of the, of the, of the mother, but there's also a lot of, frankly, I think crazy stuff around personhood, um, uh, that are, that are in the Georgia law. And I do believe that you will see some arguments around personhood that will be made as lawsuits to, uh, again, block that law from from being fully implemented uh since it's no the federal courts have now rejected it and said because of the supreme court decision uh they there is no justification uh to to not have that law go into effect so it's been refiled under state court and i have not uh seen the the full legal argument yet but but this is where i also wonder in addition to claiming that there is a right to privacy in the in the georgia state constitution i wonder if they will begin to address these issues of personhood and the problem that it causes for government in specific if fetuses are considered full people from the moment of conception yeah, which is, I think, what it says in that law, doesn't it? That's, define... what, it's, that's what it says in, 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 the, in the law, yeah. It defines yeah. Per- personhood. Yep. Alexa, yeah. did you have any thoughts on that? Or... Well, that's when you, were, when you were sharing that part. That's what I was going to say, Greg, is that I, from my perspective, Black queer woman, thinking about this in, in, in reading the decision when it, was, when it was, you know, put out, it seemed like it was a conversation around definition. Mm-hmm literally like what do words actually mean <laughs> and then it made me think about if 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 they're able to legally define that a person uh, you're a full person at the moment of conception I mean there's so many other things that can come out of that not even just a portion you know what I mean and it, it, it's it gets messy and so when I first went my first thought was like wow they're redefining language to, mm-hmm. to suit their bias and to suit whatever other agenda they've got going on down the line. And so for me, it was like, what is going to be the subsequent decisions and laws and policies that come out of this? This, unfortunately, was not the part that scared me the most. It was what is what is going to come after that? Yeah, because they've opened a door. They've opened a door, a window. Um, and when you start redefining language that has been in place forever and you start read it just it. Yeah. I go on forever about it, but yeah. Wait a second. Now, is this true? It says Georgia's new law allows a parent to claim an embryo once a heartbeat is detected on their state taxes as a dependent? Yes. 
Yes. That, oh my god. That's that's, think, that's what I'm saying. Think it, about it. From, from, so, so technically, it's not the moment of of, of of conception. It's from the heartbeat. The heartbeat. Um, and you know, and science argues back and forth whether that's actually a heartbeat or not. So, you know, not only am I actually not an attorney, I also am not actually an OBGYN. Um, so, wow, uh, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you're finding out all sorts of stuff. About- <laughs> <laughs> Crush, um, you know. So, but 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 there's you know there is there is actually science around that 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 is hard to define. Uh, but it's uh, you know the the law uh, you, know, you can claim the fetus on your taxes. Um, it's also uh, it, that fetuses are supposed to be covered uh, under the census. So for redistricting. Wow. Uh, efforts and and you know all of the decisions that come into uh the census and what is the actual state of the population of georgia you know i i, I believe that this has implications around child support mm-hmm. uh, it could have implications i you know i, I it, it it hasn't happened in georgia it happened in some other state um uh where a pregnant woman uh, was in, uh, you know, uh, an HIV lane and got a traffic ticket because she was the only one in the car. And she's like, nope, I'm pregnant. There's two yeah. of us in the car. I heard that story. Yeah. You know, I mean, that you can't every, both ways. Everything that applies to you having a child rights, responsibilities, privileges, if your fetus at heartbeat is now a full person, you can absolutely apply any law right privilege to said child. And it's a runaway train. That's so, my opinion. <laughs> is, is, is your birth date your birth date or not? Hey, you know. So say someone, say, say someone is 20 and a half years old and they don't want to wait to 21 to drink. Well, yeah. I, was a, I was a child would, at six weeks. Yeah. That's, I mean, the I'm just blown away that was obviously that story was in texas by the way which is probably not a stretch to know where that came from that that is the hov lane woman but obviously the biggest implication of defining personhood at conception or when there's a heartbeat is that then it's a murder you know then then it becomes much easier to say that it's a murder and then you're you're wrestling with the right of the mother versus the right of the fetus you know and like what so um well i I would say that 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 states that have total bans on all abortion period they already have taken that step to define this as murder that's why they don't see it as a medical procedure right it as the taking of a human life and so i it, it this is where it, you know, I, I you you quoted Justice Ginsburg of saying perhaps a more incremental approach. Um, I this is where perhaps they should have taken a more incremental approach to eroding uh, the protections of Roe yeah. Wade yeah. because. I, uh, you know, we've just, you know, and, and some of it is, is funny and joking, you know, it's, you know, is someone going to sue along down the road because they, they want to drink before they're, they're 21, but these are serious issues. I mean, here in the state of Georgia, if, if, if this law is allowed 
to be intact, then you are defined as a person from the time that you have a fetal heartbeat. Because yeah. under the laws of Georgia, that's what they would define it as. And so then how can this state go back and redefine that you've got a different status when you are then breathing? Than right, right. You know, right. And, and so I think that's where the, the concept of, you know, what exactly does a birthday mean? Um, you know, it has great implications, you know, for, for murder, not just around abortion, but then, I, you know, fertility treatments mm. that so many couples across the board depend upon to have children. But, you know, multiple embryos uh, are, are created. Are those embryos, are, are, are they people now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that mean that each and every one of them has to be carried to to term? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it, 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 these are these. It's it's a the 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 Dobbs decision is a horrible decision from all of these different perspectives. Because yes, it it now opens up the door to really redefining when well, life begins from from a political perspective. Yeah, there are faith traditions, you know, uh, in in the in the Jewish tradition, frankly, in in a number of other uh, faith traditions, a lot of Christian traditions, uh, that also you are not actually considered a person until you draw your first breath. Um, So, what does this do that now the Supreme Court is allowing uh, a different definition of when you become a, a person? So, does that actually infringe upon someone else's religious beliefs? Oh, wow. Wow. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's impressive. See, that's why I like having you on this show. Alexa, you wanted to say something? No, I I wanted to also add, really bring it home and make it very real and tangible. There are so many stories that are coming out, people with uteruses who are going to the hospital who need emergency um, abortions, right? They need DNCs. They need all of these things. Doctors are literally having to sit and watch people almost die until because the heartbeat, they can't do anything until the heartbeat's gone. And they, I mean, it, and it's like it's life or death for folks. And even for people of color, I know I mentioned it in a talk last week at conference that, you know, the average mortal mortality m- maternal death rate in this country is 17 per 100,000 people. For Black people, it's 43 per 100,000 people, right? There is a huge disparity across racial lines when it comes to maternal health care. And and there's so many, so much discrimination in that practice. Something like a Roe v. Wade being overturned and all the subsequent laws that we've talked about in in this one episode reinforce those systems that are creating that disparity. So like, it's very real. It's very, it's, it's a lived experience day to day. Women are laying in beds right now about to die because doctors literally can't give them the procedure that is a med- it's a medical procedure they can't give to them. They have to wait until this baby passes away inside of them. Yeah. It's so it's, you know, it, yeah. There's, yeah. There's no humanity. It's, it's, it's at cruel all. and it's inhumane. Yeah. At, at all. You know, we totally. talk about it on a, from a policy standpoint, we talk about it from like a law legal standpoint, but the reality is that people are literally just like laying in beds about to die. Yep. Yep. And, and then what becomes scary is that, yes, there are uh, you know, a number of states that had 
trigger laws or bans that, that yeah. went into to, to effect. Uh, I believe it's Wisconsin. You know, uh, they actually, uh, it, it's a law from like the 1920s that I believe is now in effect. Yeah. Uh, there, because that law had been declared unconstitutional under Roe versus Wade. So they, they never repealed that. So you're, you now literally have women in Wisconsin being governed by a law that was passed decades ago. Scary. But it's not at all reflective of where medicine and science are today, much less society is today. And then not only can states change the law, but those of us in the LGBTQ community know this all too well. They can change state constitutions. And so that's what's happening uh, this week in in Kansas. As they vote in their primaries, they are also voting on an amendment that would strike the right to privacy in the Kansas state constitution. And, wow. and they're arguing that this is about uh, so that uh, abortion restrictions can go into place in Kansas. But think about it. What other laws will be jeopardized if, if the state of Kansas no longer guarantees a right to privacy in their state constitution? Wow. Exactly. And when states start doing this, this is then where we really start to see serious autocratic fascist governance practices start to be put into place that that can segment and define people as less than a full human less than a full participant in society and we've already been there in the country that's what we have struggled for a 150 160 years to overcome and now we're quickly going way back in time yeah which i think it's it's amazing i mean the reversal that you've seen i i still think all of this is just blowback from having a black president i i really do think that like obama these people they were so angry and and now you know trump saw it and 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 ran with it but okay there's two things we only have a few minutes left there's two things i want to do the most important thing we're going to do at the end, which is like, what is it that we can do and what is being done to try and fight this? But before I do that, I'm going to do something. I'm going to say something here that is not going to be you're not going to like hearing it. Either one of you um, now. I, and I am completely pro-choice, but I I feel like the argument of, you know, where life begins is is not a, is not a winnable argument. I don't see like for me if you're going to make an argument when life begins, I don't see how you can say it's anything but conception. I mean, and I'm pro choice. So the way I've come down on this is that argument, that whole argument about when life begins and is this murder and all this kind of stuff, there's something in front of it that's become is before that. And that is it's in the woman's body, okay? She, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but it's in the woman's body. That's, you know, and I don't think I ever really got this because I'm a man and I never really got it until 
just when they overturn Roe versus Wade. And then I, I started thinking about like, okay, I've got this thing in my body and I'm not allowed to control what happens. You, you have to force me to have a baby. I mean, what are you going to do? Strap me to a bed or something? It's insanity. But I don't know. I just wondered what you guys thought about that. Cause I just, I mean, where do you think life begins? I mean, it feels fuzzy to me to, to argue anything other than conception. Either one of you. <laughs> well, as a person with the uterus, I'll go. Um, I, I, I see where you're going. I do think it's a very difficult argument to have when does life start? Because if you're saying at a heartbeat, there is a heartbeat. There is something moving around that has a heartbeat that they would say is like mine and yours. Um, that's when I would kind of bring it back personally and talk about viability. Is, is this thing in my body viable? At what stage in the pregnancy is this a viable creature? What's viable so mean? Like, What's viable mean? Can, can this baby survive outside of the womb? Right. There's you have to get to a certain amount of weeks during of the pregnancy of the fetus for it to be viable and to exist outside of the womb on its own. So what about what about what about and I know I'm just arguing the other side, but what about people that are, you know, disabled or whatever, and they're not viable without, you know, being on, you know, machinery or whatever, like, you know what I'm saying, like unable to feed themselves, you know, how is that different? Well, it, it's different because they're not living inside someone else's body. Correct. Well, it just gets back to my point, which is, yeah. if it's inside your body, that's a different story. Right. I mean, you know. yeah, and 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 I think this is why courts, legislators struggled in a in a in in, in many ways. I, I think good faith efforts uh, to to define viability, and that's where I you know you know. So let's dispel this myth right now. The the uh, people that are staunchly anti-abortion talk a lot about killing babies after they've been born and terminating pregnancies past the date of viability. That just that's that's never been a thing. Right, right. The only right. time that those happened were extreme circumstances where the mother was going to die and the child was probably not going to live either. So right. and and very rare, very extreme. It was never actually a thing. Right. It was something that they lied about mm-hmm. to bring doubts into people's minds around the ethics of, of of abortion and abortion is a medical procedure that the medical establishment has itself created some guidelines around that medical uh, personnel are taught that the laws have codified some of that that's where we were pre-dobbs in a post-dobbs world none of that matters anymore and that's where it starts to be pretty scary when uh it is forced pregnancy and more than that 
as Alexa has pointed out, there are women that will suffer. Uh, be women who who wish that they could take a, 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 a fetus to term, but something happened, and and that's now in in their body, and there's nothing that they can do to have that removed. Right. Yeah, right. It, it's it it really is. It's 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 taking a huge step uh and putting a specific framework of conservative, extremely conservative belief that a relatively small minority of this country believes. And now those small minority beliefs are more important than science are more important than tradition um, and more important than safeguarding a whole host of rights by redefining what we had considered to be a constitutional guarantee that all of us had a right to privacy. So um, I won't make you say what you what you think, Jeff, about when life begins. We only have a few minutes left, so I will go into what is Georgia Equality doing? What should we be doing? How can we resolve? What can we do to fight back? Uh, there, there's actually a lot that we, that we can and should do to, to, to fight back. Um, I, part of what we're doing right now, uh, Congress uh, has legislation in front of it that would uh, provide legal protections against discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, uh, would also add discrimination based on sex to federal uh, public accommodation law. Um, it's called the Equality Act when it came through the House. Uh, it did not have much uh, Republican support, so it's basically a Democratic bill. In order for it to pass into law, there have to be 10 Republican senators that will sign on to this. Um, I, I am hopeful that compromises can still be made. Uh, this is why Georgia Equality has signed on to what is called the Equality and Fairness for All Coalition uh, that was spearheaded by our colleagues out in uh, Arizona. Uh, but uh, state groups from Arizona, North Carolina, Wyoming, West Virginia um, are all part of this effort. And it really is encouraging all sides to come together. We've been, the, the first federal non-discrimination bill was, was dropped almost 50 years ago. And it's taken almost 50 years to get to the point where we had both chambers of Congress and a president that could act to move this forward into law. We don't know when we will have this opportunity again. So, so it, it really is fighting for that. It's also then for those of us here in Georgia, making sure that people come out and vote in November. Yes, uh, absolutely. We have to have uh, a governor that will veto bad stuff. And we have to have legislators that will respect the right to privacy and will protect LGBTQ Georgians and others against discrimination. Those are the two things that people need to, to be aware of and do. All right. Well, thank you. I know we could talk more and more about it. I really do appreciate you coming on, uh, Jeff. And thank you for staying with us, Alexa. Uh, thank you for what you're doing with the news. Um, yeah, I think probably the most important thing, you know, please vote. We could change this. 
We just need to change the people that are representing us. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, and that's it. We have Peach State Festival next week. Uh, and we will talk to you then.